Hey, PT listeners, we've been working on something special at Tier 11, something that I can say without exaggeration or without hesitation will produce better ad optimization and increased conversions and have a profound impact on the amount of data you can send back to all your ad platforms. That includes Meta, that includes TikTok, that includes Google, and we call it X-Ray Tag. And it's only available to Tier 11 customers. A lot of businesses think that it's Black Friday, it's the holiday season, and once they actually get through that, then they'll worry about next year. Well, now is the time for you to start gathering all the data that you can to set yourself and your business up for success in 2024. X-Ray Tag replaces all the potpourri of pixels, cappies, cookies with one single implementation that sends higher quality first-party data back to all your ad platforms. In fact, in our early testing, we've seen a 40 to 100% increase in event matching quality, aka EMQs in Meta, which translates into better ad optimization and increased conversions. So if you feel like your ads are flying blind, head on over to tier11.com forward slash x-ray to get early access. Clients to sign up before the end of the year, move to the front of the line, and we are only offering this for the PT listener like yourself. So head on over to tier11.com forward slash x-ray. Don't miss out. WhatsApp as of January 31st, 2018 has 1.5 billion users and see 60 billion messages sent per day. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Hello and welcome to Perpetual Traffic, episode number 168. This is going to be a cool one today because me and Molly, Molly and I, are sitting in the same room actually looking at each other. I can see Molly's beautiful brown eyes from just three feet away. It's pretty cool. It's nice to see you too, my friend. I think it's way more fun doing these lives. Yeah. We're yeah. sitting here in Austin, Texas, getting ready for Chat's first ever messenger marketing conference and yeah. doing a little planning for tier 11. You brought your whole team out? Brought my whole team out. Yeah. We got as many people as we could possibly come on the tier 11 team, agency team yeah. here to Austin to not only get together for a cool day together tomorrow, but also learn some messenger stuff this weekend. Messenger in stuff. That's yeah. Right. It's cool. I was thinking last night, these events are important, obviously to learn and you know, to do what you do at events, but really just to see everyone in person. It's like a family reunion, you know, like we all sit behind our computers and we maintain relationships and we chat, but to see people in person, there's like not really a replacement for that. There's no replacement for it. And I think, you know, when I first got into internet marketing, because I sort of have this completely introverted side to me as a Gemini, apparently my Mm. my wife says, I've got the extrovert, I've got the introvert. So I thought that I could actually create a business just by sitting in my basement basement, you know, doing your Twitter undies. in my undies and not yeah. talk to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but um, when I realized the key to success is actually is going out and making relationships with people and forging those relationships. And I've certainly done that. Molly's obviously done that through Digital Marketers, her first start now in her awesome consulting business. But these types of relationships, you really do develop deep ones. And you can even do it through Skype and through Facebook Messenger course, messages, which we do all the time with a bunch of our buddies. But to actually see them live, That's probably the highlight of this week for me. Yeah, likewise. Hi guys, this is Darren Clark, the producer of Perpetual Traffic, created by the team here at Digital Marketer. If you're loving this podcast, you're going to love our lab community. 
As a member, you will gain access to a treasure trove of blueprints, templates, and tools for every aspect of marketing and growing a business. We have made it easy so that you can become an expert in content creation, social media, paid traffic, SEO, email marketing, and so much more. So go to digitalmarketer.com forward slash trial for an absolutely free 30-day membership. That's digitalmarketer.com forward slash trial. All right, on with the show. We're going to continue on with part two of choosing the right Facebook campaign objective. We made it through app installs last yeah, time. Yeah, app installs was a good place to drop off because that's one that we don't have quite as much experience with, although we have both done it. Yeah. And it's a super effective, it's sort of a see the ball, hit the ball objective. You know, if you got an app, use that one. There's no Pretty real simple. other choices. Yeah. Not whereas, many other people are. So yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> It'll be easy going. Pretty easy for you as the marketer. Whereas, you know, with some of these, you'll actually be able to, and we'll talk about it just in a bit, you can actually use multiple objectives for the same type of creative, the same type of idea mm. that you're promoting on Facebook. One of the big ones that we're using now is actually one that is used quite frequently as a secondary campaign objective for us inside Tier 11 uh, when we're trying to get video views. And we're Mm. doing video views as our cold traffic objective. Right. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about how you use it and what your experience has been with it. I think video views, kind of similar to app install, it's like really obvious what you're optimizing for, right? You're optimizing for people to watch your video, right? Right. And so same situation. I've used video views mostly for cold traffic. So if I'm trying to get a piece of content out or I'm really wanting to build a relationship with a completely new market, it's obviously a great way to build a retargeting audience that you can then retarget with something a bit more direct response. Mm -hmm. I've also used video views at the bottom of the funnel. If for some reason I'm using a video as the creative I have tested for small audiences, like under 5,000 people, right? Just optimizing for video views, even though I might really want someone to buy something, right? right? right. But it's, it's cheaper. It's audience. Exactly. It's a, cheaper, right? it's, it can be so much cheaper to use video views because they can be like under a cent. Yeah. I, I don't know what point zero zero one. What what is less than a cent? It's like if you divide that always up, confuses I don't know, you got to chop up a penny. <laughs> I don't know if people even take that at the um, local store. But those are really the two ways that I've used video views. I honestly don't use it a ton, though. I did use it one time for chat. We released a new feature, and they made a really cool video demonstrating the feature. So I use video views to you know get the word out about that. But mm. yeah, that's how I've used that objective. Yeah, I mean, totally. Video views deeper in the funnel. We use video views as an objective for really two different purposes. So website conversions, which we'll get to in just a second, which is the one that we use most. Video views we use a lot for level one traffic, Mm -hmm. which if you don't know what level one traffic is, go back to the e-com ad amplifier episode here on perpetual traffic. But what we found is that if you can actually get video views to a certain percentage of engagement with your video, let's say you have a two minute video and at, you know, minute one, you start talking about the product Well, that means that about 50% video view for a two-minute video, you've got product awareness. 
So therefore, at a level two retargeting ad, you can start talking about that product a little bit more. So if you've got a four minute video and you talk about it at minute one, or maybe you don't talk about it until minute three, well, you use your percentage of video view audience to either retarget your folks based upon their product awareness level or maybe the problem awareness sort of level. like qualifying them in a way. Yeah, really qualifying them. So we found that video views are tremendously helpful for audiences that are outside of the website conversion audience. So remember, let's say if you've got a million person audience that you're targeting on Facebook, your potential reach is a million. So inside that million, you probably have a couple hundred thousand website conversion people. Right. But chances are to scale and scale that campaign, you can't really do it with just website conversions alone. You need other objectives. And to reach the people that just aren't, they're not standing at the door ready to buy, right? They need to be convinced to come in. Absolutely. I have a quick story on video views too that's pretty cool and really just the power of Facebook ads. Brittany, my designer, who I've been working with for five years or so, she's in a metal band, which is really cool. She's very talented. And whenever they come out with a new song now, she puts a cool background to it and turns it into a video. Mm-hmm. We turn that into an ad and then I just use video views and I target heavy metal record labels cool, and use video views to just get the band and get the song in front of new people. Mm-hmm. They are now on a nationwide tour wow. because they grew so quickly from Facebook. And all of that was just video view. That was, we weren't trying to sell anything. I think they sold some t-shirts or some CDs along the way, but mm-hmm. we would just put 150 bucks behind something every two weeks And it really paid off for them. So just a cool little story there. That's great because if you really think about most people are not website converters. And we even look at this inside, for example, like what the average conversion rates are on social media. It's really, it's about one to 2%. If you're getting more than say a hundred visitors or a hundred people see your website conversion ad and actually click, okay, click to your site only about one or two are going to convert. Mm -hmm. So if you're relying on just website conversions for your objective, you can't really scale past a certain level to cold traffic. So you're missing a huge part of the you're missing a huge part of your market. And a lot of these objectives here, you can now go out and find other people outside those people who are likely to convert and likely to shop and have shown the propensity to convert on Facebook in the past. And that's how Facebook figures out who to show your ad to. Because they Absolutely. know the behaviors of the people on their platform, which makes this platform the best platform in the world, totally. uh, no doubt. But if you're just relying solely on website conversions, you're missing out on a huge portion of your audience. And I would submit Agreed. that the video view audience is a massive audience in that 1 million people that you're targeting as a potential reach. If 100,000 or maybe 200,000 at most are website converters, I would submit that probably another half Maybe 500,000. We said that at the same time. (laughs) Uh, We can do that because we're live. I could see you about to say that. That was pretty cool. So the video view objective is one that we use quite a lot, as well as what you talked about deeper in the funnel. When you have a really finite audience, a couple thousand people, 5,000 people, maybe they've shown interest or maybe they've gone all the way through your funnel. We also find video views are really good to show 
to purchasers, people who are previous buyers, mm. say they bought X, but now they want to buy Y. And, you know, we steal that directly from our buddy Ezra Firestone, but cross sells. Let's say they right. bought lipstick, but now they need maybe lip blush. balm or blush <laughs> or whatever it is. I don't even know what you'd buy after lipstick blush. All right, blush it is. So, but it totally makes sense. And video view objectives is really good there because you will get a very large exposure to those smaller audiences typically really cheaply. Exactly. All right. So the next one's lead generation, Ralph. Yeah. Lead generation. You know a lot about this one. Yeah. So a little bit about it. Yeah. Yeah. So lead generation is basically using Facebook's lead ads. So they're the ads that show up in the newsfeed. They look like a regular ad, but the end user clicks And their information that they've given to Facebook is already pre-populated, right? So as an advertiser, you can say, I want to ask for their phone number, email address, first name, last name. You can customize the questions you are asking them. And they submit their information and they're staying right there in the Facebook ecosystem, right? So this can work if you truly only need to generate leads, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're a local business or you're a service business, if you're a plumber, right? If you're an electrician, maybe even a marketing agency, this can be a good objective to use. Lead ads can be a good ad type to use. But in my experience and what I've seen from other people, they tend to be a bit expensive. I don't think that the lead ads ever caught on from a consumer side, right? Like I don't see lead ads. I've probably submitted two lead ads and, you know, and they've been around at least two to three years now as a consumer and I'm a complete Facebook nerd, right? So I don't think they ever caught on. And my biggest issue is that they do stay on the Facebook platform, right? So after they submit the lead, there is an opportunity for them to click over to your website, but most people don't. So I think the problem, if I have a problem, the the problem I see here is that Yes, you might generate the lead, but you're not controlling what happens next. If you want to offer a tripwire or get them on a call or whatever the next step is there in your funnel. But I have seen a good example of this. A dentist was offering a free exam, I think. And so I submitted the lead ad. And then the next morning, I did have a voicemail from his office, which I thought was a good use case. But I honestly would prefer to send someone to Messenger or send someone over to a landing page to collect that contact information. And then I can control the whole experience. So that's lead generation. Give it a shot. If you are a service-based business, and you're just trying to generate leads, just make sure that you're enticing people to become a lead, right? It's not, hey, give me your information. (laughs) You have to have a reason for them to actually opt in. I've seen it used really well with businesses that require a lot of information. Mm -hmm. We actually had a credit repair company that used it to Perfect example. You know, there is certain information that you can't put in there. So there's lots of different fields. We're not going to get into all the fields uh, beyond the scope of this episode here. But you have to be careful so that you stay compliant. 
Obviously, there's a lot going on right now with anti-discrimination for Facebook. You got to be super careful about that as well. So we have not used lead generation ads extensively just because typically what we'll try to do is get a lead and then sell something on the thank you page. Exactly. And only about 20 to 25% the last time that I had checked that statistic actually clicked the button that says visit website, I believe okay. it is, after you actually opt yeah, in. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Because that's the moneymaker for us. I mean, obviously, you want to get a lead, but we want to monetize the lead as quickly as possible. Right, exactly. So you can find lead gen ads having tremendously high conversion rates. Mm. Although there's not a whole lot of data on this, they do convert at a higher rate, or they should you know, depending on what your market is than a regular website conversion ad, but there's always exceptions to it. So we actually have a customer right now that we think that the audience, because it's an older demographic, gets a little bit freaked out that their name and their oh, email sure. is already in there. And, so, and that's, I think that is the barrier for this. Yeah. Consumers, I think just... Like, uh, most of them don't understand why this is happening. Yeah. And if you do try them, something I would consider doing is giving instructions in the ad copy, right? So click here, this form's going to pop up, right? Like tell them what's going to happen so that it's not a surprise. Yeah. That could work. Yeah, it definitely is. It's almost shocking. It really does depend on your market. I've seen yeah. this being used And the situation, well. right? Situation. Like, you know, if your company is a company that literally just needs to generate highly qualified leads and you're good to go, right? Yep. I would say that's 5% of businesses, honestly. So lead generation, yeah, good for specific scenarios. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And always look at whenever you start any sort of new campaign objective, remember your benchmarks as far as conversion rates go. So we've got a customer right now that their conversion rate on lead ads is about 8% which to me is really sucky. That's yeah. like horrible. That's below the Mendoza line. The Mendoza line for me is like 10%. And I don't even really know what the Mendoza line, it's a baseball you know, expression <laughs> my son talks about. I guess it's like batting below 200 in the major leagues. Anyway, when you're doing any sort of lead gen, you should at least aim for 20% conversion Agreed. rate. And now you've got link clicks, landing page views, and then conversion results. Aim for at least 20%. I mean, if you're hitting there, great, you know, digital marketer and you used to do like 40, 50% at times, super offers. I mean, your offers are created by Ryan Dice and you, you're running the ad. So that's like unicorn, like really good level. You know, if you're sending leads to a lead form from your list and they know you, you know, they've been on that list for a while, you know, you might get 60, 70% conversion rate. Mm -hmm. So a hundred people hit the page, 60 or 70 opt in, simple math here, right. but to cold traffic that doesn't know who you are, you know, you should be aiming for 20%. Totally so agree. if you do uh, lead ads and they're below that, you might want to try one of the other objectives, yeah, which we're going we'll to get to in just a second. All right, Ralph. So the next one is messages. This one can be pretty quick. It is pretty self-explanatory. So with this messages objective, you can really do two things. Obviously, this has to do with Facebook Messenger, right? right. So what you can do is you can either use messages to run a click to messenger ad, which shows up in the newsfeed or another placement. You click and it opens in Facebook Messenger, right? Or you can use this to do sponsored messages, which are broadcast to your messenger list, very similar to an email list, but you're paying for it 
because you want to be directly promotional. So this is something people kind of forget about Messenger. They're like, ooh, I don't know if I want to get into it because you can't be directly promotional. And that's a topic for another episode. But people forget that this is an option. Sponsored messages, you can pay to send pretty much whatever you want within terms of service to your Messenger subscriber list. So that is what I would use. Honestly, I only use the Messenger objective to send sponsored messages. I actually use the traffic objective to run click to messenger ads. So traffic, and then you're just going to set your destination as messenger instead of a website URL. I found that that always works better for me. So really this messenger objective is mostly used for me with sponsored messages. Now something really cool that I just saw in this messages tab that I knew was coming is WhatsApp. So most people don't know, but Facebook owns WhatsApp and Facebook's starting to add WhatsApp into their marketing arsenal. And ManyChat is actually in the process of building WhatsApp into their ecosystem too, so that Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp will now be messaging channels that we can leverage. So really, really cool. I forget the daily users for WhatsApp, but it's in the... 500, 600 millions. Like it's, oh, it's enormous. Insane. It's This is another traffic channel. Like if you're thinking about, all right, the news feed is sold out. Yeah. You know, we're all competing against each other in the mobile news feed, especially a desktop news feed. But you know, Facebook is looking at all these other channels and WhatsApp's been sitting there for years and years now. With yep. All just building. We haven't even monetized it. It's almost like this whole other inventory base. Yeah. That they can gain access to. WhatsApp as of January 31st, 2018 has one point five billion users and see 60 billion messages sent per day. Wow. Facebook Whoa. paid $19 billion for WhatsApp. So. And they haven't uh, monetized that's fun, it yet. That's your fun fact fun of the day. Fact. Wow. But it's coming. Come, it's coming. Yep. And that's the one. Yeah. So for this one, if you are doing click to messenger, you can use traffic objective, which yep. Molly recommends. Yep. You can use messaging, messages. but you can also use conversions, conversions. believe yep. it or not. So that's a really good takeaway is use traffic on that. And we could probably do an entire episode just on that. And we've yep. done a lot of messaging, and, you know, and Messenger, messenger updates. Yeah. yeah, messenger updates. Yeah. So very, very cool. And then the optimization for that is already set for you when you actually do it, the sub-optimization, which we talked about with some of the other objectives. So you don't really have to think all that much no. on that one. Yeah, that's an easy one. Yeah, which is super easy. So very cool. All right, Ralph, we're moving over to the conversion column here inside of Ads Manager. So conversions, I think this is probably every Facebook marketer's favorite objective, <laughs> or at least it is mine. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think it's the one that, like I said, I mean, we use this probably 80 plus percent, 90 percent of all the ads that we run right now through the tier 11 agency, because I mean, as a direct response agency, this is what people want. They yep. want conversions. So a lot of people just sort of taking a step back will say, well, should I actually do what Facebook tells me to do? Is it conversions really? Do I really want to trust Facebook to give me conversions on my site? Well, I'm here to tell you, yes, you want to do as much that Facebook actually gives to you because their objectives really do find those subsets of the audience that are converters. And this is the first step that you would do if you're running a lead campaign or you're running a purchase campaign, you've got an e-commerce store and you want to start getting traffic to your site and find people who are going to buy. 
start with a conversion objective without a doubt. It's this place that we always start. And then after that, we figure out other objectives because it is so damn good. And it really leverages the algorithm so effectively. Guys, really, this conversion objective, you use this when you want someone to take an action on your website right? So whether you're wanting people to opt in, sign up for a webinar, purchase a smaller dollar product, conversions tells Facebook that I want conversions, right? I want people to to take an action (laughs) on the site, right? But the biggest mistake I see people make with conversions is that if you don't have enough volume, right? Facebook wants you to have at least 50 conversions a week happening so that they know what that person looks like that converts, right? That's the amount of data they need to really optimize for this objective. So a mistake that I see people make is they're running a conversion ad for people to buy like a $500 product, right? right? And it's like, okay, that doesn't happen frequently or enough for you, right, right? For you to be using the conversion objective, right? Mm-hmm. In that situation, I would use, you know, probably the traffic objective. So right. just something to keep in mind there. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, we're running ads right now for tier 11 and I mean, our price points are not $5. So, <laughs> you know, for us to actually go for a sale off a of Facebook ad, I mean, we're starting with all kinds of other objectives, all the other objectives here. And then we're following up with a subset of people that have shown a specific amount of interest for a website conversion objective. Uh, So if you're in a service-based business, you have a higher price point, chances are website conversions probably isn't your objective unless you just have unlimited funds to burn or you're backed by VC and you need, you know, lots of traffic to the site and really test larger budgets. But if you're selling a thousand dollar product off cold traffic, literally like maybe one in a hundred of the people that actually land on your site is going to buy. And especially at that price point, I would submit it's going to be a whole lot less Less. than that. So, but those are the exceptions to the rule. And as we said, in the majority of cases, and we do this for all our e-commerce customers, even if it's hundred dollars or more in an average cart value, we will start with website conversion objectives just because Facebook circles the wagons on that, let's say, million-person audience. They will figure out in that million-person audience who is the best potential converter. And if you can get between 1% and 2% conversion rate off, you know, all your link clicks, all your landing page views to your site, you're doing pretty good. I mean, that's about what the average is. But then remember, you want to then take all those 99 or 98 people who didn't buy and then retarget them in various ways. If you're an e-commerce company, you know, definitely do it through the e-com ad amplifier, through level two, through level four traffic. Or if you're an info marketer, have a very specific plan in place for retargeting for those audiences that you're going to capture that like your page, click on your ad, land on your landing page, engage with your video, whatever it mm-hmm. happens to be, retarget them with a slightly different message or maybe more of your front offer message sometimes uh-huh. works just as well. And that's why all these objectives really do have their place. Having said that, website conversions is the one that's the really killer one. We love you, website conversions. We love you, website conversions. All right, Ralph, catalog sales. Educate me. What is this? So catalog sales, this is one that I think Facebook really did a great job with this. And it's been transformative, especially if you have a large inventory of things that you can sell, e-commerce being one of them, of course. Catalog sales is the one that we will use 
Not necessarily for all levels of traffic. We will use it for cold traffic, but we typically use this for retargeting audiences that have expressed an interest in a specific product. So for example, if you're selling shoes and somebody clicks on your ad, goes to your homepage or a collections page, and then clicks a specific shoe style or color, a catalog sales ad using a dynamic product ad is a tremendous way to put that product that they had shown interest in as well as other products in that product set that are similar so that you can then anticipate them buying. So how catalog sales works is you actually have to create a product catalog. This is done either through a variety of different methods, but we typically will use either an XML file or a CSV file, and then you create a product feed from your product catalog into Facebook. So this can be done through a variety of different apps, or it can be done manually. Uh, apps are the ones that we typically will use on the Shopify platform. It's the ones that we like really the most. There's obviously other platforms that you can use, but these product catalogs can then be subdivided into product sets. So for example, if you're selling women's apparel, you might have shoes, handbags, and dresses. So I don't know why I always like the women's catalog stuff because I know nothing about it. And here I am talking about it like I, I do. I love it. Yeah. So anyway, so in that product catalog, you might have women's shoes. So you might have a variety of product sets that you create that are a certain style. What's a style of women's shoes? Seeing I'm going down. Wedges. This, wedges. So you might have a wedges. <laughs> Is a shoe called a wedge? Really? Yeah. yeah. So you might have a wedges product set. But then inside that wedges product set, you might have different colors of wedges. Other colors. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So each one of those product sets can then be used to target that specific customer who's maybe shown an interest in a wedge. So I think of a wedge as like a completely different thing. But anyway, so we're keep going. We're going it. With doesn't it. matter. So you can actually subdivide that product catalog. What we'll typically do is when we use catalog sales, we will collect all the data on the master catalog, like the entire catalog, the wedges, the handbags, and the dresses and the shoes or whatever it is inside that shoes catalog. And then we will show individual product sets to mm. folks who have expressed interest in those subcategories. So this gets a little bit complicated and we can actually do an entire episode on this at some point. But the point is, is that you're trying to capture them with products and or offers that are relevant to their previous action. So yeah. we use this especially in level three and level four traffic using the e-com ad amplifier. So somebody who has viewed a product, which is a view content event. Okay. I've looked at my red wedge and I'm <laughs> really thinking about buying it, yep. but you know, I haven't added it to my cart yet. So for those people, we would then show them a product set that are maybe red wedges, maybe other types of shoes. What's another type of shoes that might come in the color red? Pump? Yes. A pump. Pumps. I got that one yes. all on my own. Wedges and pumps. Wedges and pumps. Maybe I'll show red wedges, red pumps, and red sandals or whatever it is that you have red Or flats. a dress to go with it. Or a dress to go with it that's in red. I could create a red product set. That's actually a really good idea. <laughs> I like that. And a red matching handbag. There you, you go. The whole thing right the, there. The whole outfit. The whole outfit. So on those, we'll really just sort of show them a view content ad. That's a level three ad in the Ecom ad amplifier. If they 
then add one of those products to their cart. We know they're a little bit deeper. They've actually chosen out of all those individual products, and then we can really target them even more specifically. So for add to cart, if somebody added you know, the red wedge to their cart, chances are our product set would probably show that red wedge and then maybe other colors for that wedge. Right. So the point is, is that catalog sales are really, really powerful. And as an e-commerce company, hopefully you're already using these and we'll put some resources in the show notes here for you guys to set these up because it's a little bit beyond the scope of this episode here, how all the technical parts of it work. But I'll tell you, this is transformative for e-commerce companies. Really, I think listening to your description and my understanding of it, I think the best way to sum it up is when you're browsing Nordstrom's site or Amazon and you leave and you see an ad for that product, right? Mm -hmm. And then you see an ad for a similar product. The wedge. The wedge. Those companies have been using these similar strategies for years. Now we have catalog sales and dynamic product ads to make it a lot easier. So really, really cool. Great explanation, Ralph. Cool. Um, I'll buy you some wedges. All right. I can't wait to get my red wedges in the mail from you. Last but not least. Last but not least is store visits. Store visits. Tell us about this one. Okay. So this is is an interesting objective that I have used one time. And basically, this is for brick-and-mortar stores who have multiple locations in an area. So it's actually kind of specific. But I used it for a store in Austin that was owned by Survival Life called Banana Bay Tactical. And what's really cool about this, we were offering free dog tags because that's something that market wants. And basically the call to action was come to the store. Well, what's really cool about store visits is number one, you can target people who are literally nearby your store. Mm. Like that is your targeting basically. And what happens is when they click the ad, you can have it so that it opens in maps to whichever one of your business locations is closest to that person currently, and it will give them directions. So So if you have a brick and mortar store with multiple locations, use this objective, but of course, make sure you're incentivizing them, right? Like the free dog tag thing, that was awesome. That cost us 35 cents. They came in the store, they got this cool thing, and then of course they're going to want to buy other tactical gear, right? So, yep, that is store visits, a very specific objective, but a really powerful one if that is your business type. Yeah, for sure. So local businesses, definitely check out that one. I think that's a relatively new objective I mean, because we don't yeah, do a lot of local. I used it last year. Yeah. So I think it's interesting that it's only multiple business locations. I'm not sure why everyone can't use it. Anyway, it is effective. Well, that's pretty much all we the did objectives. We did it, Ralph. Wow. I mean, we didn't get into, once again, like when you click on create campaign, we're really focused on the auction tab of this one where you're going into awareness. There's subcategory for awareness, which we did brand awareness, reach, consideration, which is the second column, which is traffic engagement, app installs, video views, lead gen, and messages. And then conversion, which is like we said, it's one of our favorite objectives, Mm -hmm. conversions, product sales, especially if you're local store visits, check that out. There's a lot of subcategories within all these, but I would say, you know, once you actually click into an objective and then you actually look at Optimization for ad delivery, 
which is when you scroll down on the next page after you click off your objective, typically we do default to the Facebook recommended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's very rare do. that we'll maybe look at a different type of objective. So whatever Facebook recommends on that optimization at the bottom part of your actual ad set, like once you create your objective for your campaign, typically just do what Facebook tells you to do, which some people are a little bit you know, reluctant to do sometimes. But you know, as entrepreneurs or as marketers, we don't necessarily want to do what other people say. But in this case... Do what Facebook tells you yeah. and chances are you'll get the best result and you can always test it afterwards. So just keep it simple. Yeah. Awesome, Ralph. Well, this was fun. Hopefully yeah. this was helpful to all of you guys out there. This is obviously always changing. What's interesting about these is like we said in the last episode, it really depends Right. So take the advice that we gave on the last two episodes and then really take a look at your business, what you're actually trying to do, your audience size. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many different variables that come into play when it comes to an objective. And if a campaign's not working, try a different objective because it's such an important part of the campaign. So, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Thanks, Ralph, for uh, all the great info. So that's it for this week, everybody. That's episode 168. So check out the show notes, all the resources that we talked about in this episode. Hopefully these last two episodes, 167, 168, is sort of level set you back to the basics. You know, every once in a while, we we need to kind of revisit the basics. And with so many changes on the platform, the basics are always changing. So make sure that you're (laughs) constantly checking in each week as to what's working now with us. And I mean, what we try to do is because we do this every single day, we'll figure out what's working for you, boil it down, try to keep it simple, try to not get overwhelmed. You know, with these two episodes here, hopefully we gave you some insights as to what to do when it comes to picking your campaign objective. So once again, go to digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. This is episode 168. Super cool to have Molly in the same room here. She's been bitching. 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 So until next week, see ya. Thanks for listening, guys. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. Are you still focused on Black Friday, Cyber Monday, and the holiday shopping season when probably what you should be doing is keeping an eye out towards the plan that you have for 2024? Now, we here at Perpetual Traffic want to help you make 2024 the best business year you've ever had online and help you do that through everything that we talk about here on this podcast. Well, for 10 lucky businesses, we are going to offer through the end of the year, January 1st is our cutoff date, we are offering 10 free audits for 10 lucky businesses. We will go through everything from all of your ad spend on all your social platforms. We'll do everything on your website, analyze all your CRO, as well as look at your data, how you're tracking, as well as look at your email sequences, everything associated with your digital marketing, wrap it up into an audit, give you a score and tell you exactly where you most need to improve. And we are offering this to 10 businesses for free through the end of the year.
In order to get your free audit, head on over to tier11.com, fill out the application and make mention in the actual notes section that you heard about this promo for the free audit on perpetual traffic and we'll bump you to the front of the line. Now, this is for 10 businesses only. We have a limit of 10. We literally do not have more capacity to be able to do more than that because I actually do have to give my people between Christmas and New Year's off. So they've got to work really quickly. So the quicker you can get this and submit it, the better, and we're going to take the first 10 that apply. So make sure you head over to tier11.com forward slash audit. For your free audit, we will look at every aspect of your digital marketing, give you a rating, and then give our recommendations as to what you can improve so you have the best year ever in 2024.